On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank, we jump right into local college football with an OU update, including the exciting news that college game day will be in Norman for Bedlam. In the National College Football Roundup, we recap some of the best games of the weekend, including Tulsa's comeback win, and we bring you the latest news in college football. We give our winners and losers of the weekend and wet the beak with Monday night football between the Vikings and Bears. To finish up, we discuss the Thunder trading Dennis Schroeder in keeping it local. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? My man Michael Asti will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. Beautiful Monday, November 16th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free, free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. Now we're recording this on Sunday night. We are recording it during the Patriots-Ravens game. So, Teddy, I'm going to go on a limb. Let me guess, your DVR and your Patriots. Thank God for DVR. That's all I can say. Thank God. We'll go and back and watch it. I'm going to not look at my phone, not look at ESPN, nothing. It's probably best that you didn't go straight into that game, and we're recording this podcast after we just watched Kyler Murray's Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. That was awesome. That's one of one of the best plays I've ever seen. It was unbelievable to see him go up in a crowd of three guys and say, you know what? I'm just better than all three of y'all. I'm going to go ahead and win this game. That was amazing. And, you know, it's not just your typical Hail Mary, which it really wasn't technically a hell mary because they would have had another shot at it that's true but um but i mean that's what it was but it was awesome to see kyler evade in the pocket and then rarely do you see a hell mary thrown when a quarterback is sprinting to his left and has to turn his body in order to get it 50 yards down the field so it was a great job by kyler murray on that and i'll tell you what i love you know, Hopkins goes up with right in between three guys and comes down with a football. But if you ever wonder why 
some of these athlete Nike or Adidas or whoever it is pay these athletes all the money that they do. It's for branding opportunities like the Nike on the golf ball when Tiger chipped in on 16, you know, way back in the day at the Masters. It just hung there on the just lip and sat then fell there in. for what it seemed the, like eternity. And you know, the execs at, at Nike were so like beside themselves that it would happen to be the Nike logo that showed before it dumped. But then what I love is DeAndre Hopkins. If you see the still picture of him going up in between all those guys, you got the Nike uh, or the uh, Air Jordan logo on the gloves. That's just right there. Stands out in that whole, that whole crowd of guys. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. stuff. just an unbelievable throw, a remarkable catch. And it just reminds me, I love sports. I love football so much. That was awesome. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to do it, and I'm sure I won't be the last, but do you call it the Hail Murray now? Huh? <laughs> uh? Yeah, I, I had seen that going around, and I actually like it. I think that's great. Every one of them has to have like a um, – a little bit of a spin on it. The fail Mary. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I thought it was great. Thought it was great. It was exhilarating for football fans. All right, Ted, let's get to the local college football. And that's brought to you by Will and Wiley hard seltzer. And I had a couple of Will and Wiley's on Saturday. I don't know about you, Ted, but it was a, it was a good off day for us. I assume. Good for you. I like I that. Pound I them, huh? Stop trying to acting. Like you're too manly and just accept it. Hard seltzers are amazing. There's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Ale Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool at the lake and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it's absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. If you're drinking some because of us, tag us in your social media posts to let them know. And, yes, I can confirm I have firsthand knowledge. Will and Wiley, still great when it's cold. Still great. Still great. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. Okay, so a few OU notes uh, before we get to some other things. And the Sooners made the players work out Saturday morning. No practice, but a, a workout, which, once again, we see Lincoln Riley and this staff doing their absolute best to keep those kids doing the right things. Is, is that probably the best way of putting it, Ted? I, I think so, yeah. And with Rona raging across the country and raging in the state of Oklahoma, I, my only hope, right, is that the coronavirus plays zero role in Bedlam. And, and I know that it's already going to play a role because the, you know, the, the stands aren't going to be full and that's going to be different. And yeah, that, that we knew those things. I just, I don't want anybody for either Oklahoma or Oklahoma state to have to miss this football game. My, my hope is that both teams will be full strength, but I assume that both staffs are going to be very nervous all week long. I mean, they have to be right now. Um, you know, we, we recently had a couple of guys miss, but I mean, 
we've we've for the most part seems like we've been past it now you never know whenever things are going to pop back up it was pretty shocking that we only had two guys out and it you know didn't trigger a bunch of close guys for uh contact tracing and and get into that whole situation but man you feel like uh they've done a really good job but you know most teams are doing pretty much the same stuff so you just never know whenever it's going to get in deep and all of a sudden you're going to have to miss a couple of guys. So hopefully everyone is, you know, 100% because that's the last thing you want. Obviously you don't want to anyone to get the, the virus, number one. Number two is you, you want good, good competitive football. You don't want any excuses. You don't want any situation where a team has to go in shorthanded. So I'm right there with you. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, the way it's going around the rest of the country right now through some of these other teams, it's like you feel like your your time is ticking before something something happens and maybe you have to postpone a game. But, man, we've dodged it so far. Hope we continue that. But you're right. I love the Saturday morning workout. There's nothing like uh, a set of about six or eight gassers uh, to convince you to go ahead and Hang it up early on Friday night, right? You know what? I, I was thinking about maybe going to the patio, but, you know, I really don't know what this Saturday morning workout's talking about. Uh, I, I think that is a uh, a good strategic move from our man Lincoln Riley. And I I just hope that, you know, there there is nothing that takes away from this football game because that would be a huge buzzkill for me because I'm really I'm really excited about this game. I really am, and that would just be really, really unfortunate if coronavirus uh, made some, you know, key players for either team miss this game. That would make me very, very sad, Teddy. That that I like. There's injuries, and then, but if I had some, if there's a bunch of players sitting out because of contact tracing, I'm I will yeah. be bummed. Yeah, and there's so many like big time players in this football game. I mean, obviously we know all the Oklahoma guys, but if, if people out there haven't been watching Oklahoma State, I mean, they've got some legit players, both sides of the ball, some really good individual players, and I think it's going to be a good challenge for Oklahoma. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I want to see, I want to see what we can do against Oklahoma State at their, their absolute best. You know, I don't, I don't want them coming in, missing a couple of stars, injuries, virus, anything. Let's, let's see these teams 100%. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, mentioned it's a big game, and that's why College Game Day is coming to Norman. Let's go. First time they've been, right, since we played Notre Dame in 2012. Now, we don't have to talk about that game or how it went or, you know, how the center played. Not good. <laughs> but we, we, can, we can point out that it's still a very big deal when college game day shows up and it's a big deal for the school, you get a certain amount of exposure. Maybe they're going to do some features on your guys or your staff or something. So it, it is, it's great exposure for the university. Great for recruiting. And uh, I know it won't be the same, right? You're not going to be able to have the big gathering with all the signs, you know, what makes game day so fun, but it is still a really big deal that they're coming to Norman and I, I think it's really cool for the players. Teddy, I know that the times that we were playing in games when game day showed up, there was, there was always more energy to the game because that that's the biggest stage in college football. They go to what they think is the best game. 
No, I mean, I think it's great. The players are going to feed off of that energy. Um, it's obviously going to be a little bit different. We all know that. That's fine. But it still is a big bonus to get those guys here. And you're right. The features are always good. Uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive nationally on some of these guys and, and tell some stories a lot of people out there may not know. Uh, so that's good. Is this the first time it's, there's been a game day for an Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game? No, they've come to Bedlam before. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think they've come quite a few times. Actually, I could, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. You know what? Okay. This is a great opportunity for me to use the old Google function. You know, <laughs> but it is. Uh, so I'm gonna have you stall. So you say something about something you're excited about. And I'm going to leave all of this in, but I'm going to see how quickly I can find how many times they have come to Bedlam. And I've already found it. Never mind. You don't have to stall. This will be. <laughs> That's a good th- job stalling by you while you're searching. You know, me just talking, me rambling, shockingly, one of my, one of my many <laughs> skills, right? Um, this will be the eighth time college game day is in Norman, and it will be the seventh Bedlam game. Wow. That's a lot. I didn't know it was that what? many. That's there's no way that's right. Oklahoma uh, I mean, football official Twitter right there. Seven times. 38th appearance at an OU game. Eighth time in Norman. Seventh Bedlam game. Okay. It's from the official Twitter. I don't know what you want me to say. It's official. No, that's right. Okay. Fair enough. So Fair enough. Uh, apparently they've done it a lot. I don't know. Who knew? Yeah. Well, but, that's good. I think it, I think it just gives a, a little bit more of a national taste of this game. I think you have uh, two really good football teams with some really well-known guys, so I like it. Yeah. All right, Teddy, let's move on to Call Your Shot, and that is brought to you by Rock and Roll Tequila. Rock and Roll Tequila is the ultra-premium tequila that hits all the right notes. It's won all kinds of awards for its superior taste and smooth finish. To find a store that has it, visit rockandrolltequila.com or check out their Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This stuff is good. If you don't want to take my word for it, maybe you'll listen to this guy. This is Coach Bob Stoops. When you're a college football coach, it's important to have an eye for talent. The same holds true when choosing your tequila. When I tried rock and roll, I liked it so much, I decided to become a partner in this Oklahoma-owned company. Crafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico, the smooth taste of rock and roll's triple distilled platinum, our Añejo, called Cristalino, and the incredible premium quality mango tequila are awesome. Our defiantly unique guitar-shaped bottles make it easy to find, and you'll love the ultra-premium quality and taste. No excuses. Make rock and roll your game day tequila. Tastefully rebellious, start the party with rock and roll. And Teddy, we're going, we're going back to last week's because we got so many responses that uh, I thought we got some good ones. No, that's not why we're doing it. I just forgot to tweet it out there. Uh, that's, that's on me, dude. I'm still having internet troubles at the house. Hey, and I get uh, it. I get it. You're a busy man. All those Will and Wileys, you just didn't have time to get to the, uh, the Twitter machine. So we'll go back to last week's question was, what's your boldest prediction for the rest of the OU season? And this one was good. It finished in a close second for me last week, but it comes from Corey Peterson at Corey Brand on Twitter. And his call your shot was simple. Ramondre wins the Doak Walker Award. Wow. 
Um, I told you, rather bold. Yeah, I. That's not going to happen. Agreed. Had he had a full run of it, a full season, and Oklahoma's offense was kind of hit hit the ground running with the running game like they have been here recently. Okay, now we're talking about something, but. When's the last time you saw a national award go to a guy that missed half of the year because of suspension? Never. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It just that's that's typically uh, a game killer because you've got a committee. Like most of these awards are put together by a committee, and there's usually a charity involved, and you know there's a lot of stuff, and you know the the conduct of the players is usually a factor as well. Not the biggest factor, obviously, but a factor. And it's kind of hard to sell a guy that was suspended half the year because of a failed drug test. That doesn't mean that Ramondre Stevenson is not a great guy and not worthy of that. And it's just, that would be a first. And he would have to rush for like 300 yards a game for the rest of the year to even be in consideration. It still may be... not get it. Yeah, which would be awesome, but right. Brees Hall is going to win the Doak Walker Award. Book it. Yeah, I mean he's yep. what is he? I, I think even after this weekend, he's still the only running back in the country over a thousand yards, and he's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean he's, I don't know what else to say. Deserving, very deserving. He, he's going to win that award, and I will lose my shit if he doesn't. Uh, I mean he he's going to deserve that award, and you look at. You know, the leading rushers from a total yardage standpoint in the country right now, two out of the top three from the Big 12 Conference. Brees Hall, Letty Brown from West Virginia, third in the country in rushing. So just total yards. So I think both of those guys have a decent chance. I would be shocked unless something happens to Brees Hall, which would be absolutely catastrophic for Iowa State. I mean, I, I don't think, even know who – the other guys you're talking about is obviously like an Etienne or a Najee Harris. But, I mean, Etienne has had like – he's had some big gaffes this year that, you know, were, were big-time mistakes and plays that one of them didn't cost him, almost did. The other one did. And Najee yeah. Harris has been good, but he's not, he's not blowing anyone's pants off with the year that he's having. Yeah, I, I guess – Maybe the only way that Brees Hall doesn't win that award is, you know, straight up brand recognition, right? You mentioned like an ETN from Clemson or Najee Harris from Bama, but I don't think there's anyone more deserving than Brees Hall. Yeah. He, he needs to finish strong because I, I don't, I wouldn't say that right now it's totally in the bag for him. I mean, Najee Harris is going to have some big, like highlight games, some some national games that a lot of eyeballs are going to be on on him. He's right now he's close to six yards of carry, and he, and he is leading or uh, ahead of Brees Hall rather in touchdowns. He's got fourteen, so I wouldn't say it's like totally locked up by Brees Hall, but right now he's in a really good spot. Yeah, so I probably Najee Harris, the biggest competition for Brees Hall. Once again, I will lose it. <laughs> if Brees Hall, because he's, I mean, he makes that team so much better. It's, well, I mean, here's the, here's the thing though, honestly, who's running behind a better offensive line, Brees Hall or exactly. Najee Harris? I mean, it's not even close. I mean, and think not about the close. weapons 
the weapons that Alabama has that gets Najee Harris, I, I mean, not light boxes, but lighter than what Brees Hall is seeing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not even close. What Brees Hall is doing is, I, I don't want to say it's better, but it, it's certainly more impressive than what Najee Harris, don't get me wrong. Najee Harris is about to be a very rich man. Like, he is, he's a phenomenal player. But Brees Hall is carrying that offense with the way that Brock Purdy is playing. And I guess this has turned into an Iowa State podcast out of nowhere. Here we go. <laughs> but I, I just, Brees Hall better not get disrespected. I will be pissed off if that happens. Nope, I agree. I agree. All right, Ted, let's move on to the National College Football Roundup. And that's brought to you by Insurica. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. Don't lose that money, people. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Okay, let's recap a couple of the important games. I, I don't know if we had good games, but we had some games that will be fun to talk about. I don't know the best way to put it, but number 13, Wisconsin, goes to the big house. And I, I don't know if puts Michigan out of its misery for good this season is the best way to describe it, but this was a thorough thorough ass kicking and it it wasn't even as close as the score uh, wisconsin wins 49 to 11 which is a bizarre score but wow. joel milton he throws interceptions on michigan's first two drives not good it was 14 to nothing wisconsin in the blink of an eye and the game was over i mean it was over and it was wild to watch how outmatched michigan looked physically in this football game, which makes no sense when you think about how well Michigan has recruited and especially how you compare the way they've recruited to the way that Wisconsin has recruited. I can tell you one thing after watching this football game. Wisconsin develops players better than Michigan, and it's not close because this was a Wisconsin team that didn't even have all of its guys. They hadn't played in three weeks because of the COVID issues. And, hell, Graham Ertz, Graham Ertz really wasn't even doing anything in this game. And Michigan just got bullied. They could not stop Wisconsin from running the football. I think they gave up, what, like 340 on the ground. I mean, this was an absolute beatdown, Teddy, on their own field. Embarrassing. It is. It, it's, it's horrible. Um, I think that Michigan, I, I don't, obviously Michigan's having a down year. They've got problems. And Wisconsin's a good football team. But they're not 49-11 better than Michigan. Agreed. 
this is a team that has quit, that has said, I'm sick of all the protocols. I'm sick of all the testing. I'm sick of everyone uh, talking bad about our program. I'm sick of the way this program is run. I think, I think it's obvious that Harbaugh's lost that football team. I mean, that is, that's 49-11. That's, that team went out there and quit. And you're right. Wisconsin, you talk about developing talent compared to Michigan. Here's a great case in point. You know, Jim Harbaugh's supposed to be – I mean, he's the quarterback coach. I mean, that's, that's his job. That's what, he's, that's what he's known for. That's why he's at Michigan because supposedly that's what he's supposed to be able to do is get good play out of his quarterback. You talked about the early interceptions to Milton. I was watching him in a two-minute drill. When's the last time you saw a quarterback in a two-minute drill take a sack outside of the pocket? I mean, it should never happen ever. You're outside the pocket, pull the tab, launch it like a grenade out of bounds. As long as you get it past the line of scrimmage, stop the clock. I mean, I, I'm just baffled. That is coaching. That's coaching. The kid, he's, he's not responding to the coaching and it's clear that no one on that team right now is responding to the coaching. I don't know where Michigan goes from here. I don't know what they do with Jim Harbaugh, but it's clear that that team is not responding. And for this year, they've quit. They've thrown in the towel. It's over. Yeah, and and I'm kind of over talking about Jim Harbaugh, right? I I feel like we we talk about the same things over and over and over again. Like, he's just not getting it done there. It's time for a change. And since this is now an Iowa State podcast – (laughs) <laughs> me and my fellow Cyclones fans are, are getting a little nervous. I would be yeah. getting a little nervous because if Michigan has any brain at all, Matt Campbell will be their first call. I just – I imagine – I guess maybe Luke Fickle, but if I was Michigan, Matt Campbell's my first call. And I'm sure Iowa State fans are watching Michigan – continue to just suck and it's making them angry because they're like hey how about you win some games so we don't lose our guy wolverines like what the hell right Right. and you're in a uh unique position as a cyclones fan to now root you want your team to now lose out and not win the big 12 championship this year so you don't lose your tank (laughs) no i mean here's the thing since this is an Iowa State podcast, I mean, how good of a job is Michigan? Because here's uh, the thing. Do you think, do you think Harbaugh's kind of reached the, I don't know why I just said Harbaugh that way. That was weird. <laughs> do you think he's kind of reached the Bo Pelini stage of things, kind of like Pelini at Nebraska? Remember where they, you know, they were winning. They were winning a lot of games, but they were winning like nine. And then they'd have a down year every once in a while. But, dude, I, I'm with you. The, the fact that the team is just – I mean, those kids did not give a shit in the second half. I watched the second half of that game. I was like, these kids, they're not even playing hard. I mean, they're right. not even playing hard for each other. What kind of culture is that? I mean, I 
Michigan has a big following. They've got a big brand, but they have done nothing. Nothing. They've beaten Ohio State, what, like twice since 2003, something ridiculous like that? It's insane. They, I mean, my point is, if I'm Matt Campbell, I'm not just leaving on the first thing smoking to Michigan. If no one is winning there, there has to be a reason why no one is winning there. You can't just tell me uh, coach after coach after coach is horrible. There's something going on at Michigan. It's a place where good coaches go to die right now. (laughs) So I would think twice before I would uh, just all of a sudden say, all right, here we go, off to Michigan. I mean – Here's another thing that he enjoys right now at Iowa State. Obviously, the money isn't as good as it is at Michigan, but he enjoys low expectations. You go to Michigan and you don't beat Ohio State and you don't win 10 games, even though considering their past, those are unrealistic expectations. I mean, it's going to be a national conversation all the time about how you suck as a coach and you're terrible and Michigan's terrible. You go to Iowa State and it's late in the year, it's November, and you got a chance to make the Big 12 championship. Everyone in the country is talking about what a great coach you are, even if you don't make it. Even if you don't make it to the Big 12 championship, boy, man, I know they didn't make it this year, but, man, that Matt Campbell, man, he's a great coach. Look what Iowa State used to be. So it's just something to think about, man. I It's the same thing with the Texas job. You know, everyone says that Texas is the best job in the world. I think that's, I, I think that's a, not even true at all. I think that job sucks, frankly. Um, it's, it's never going to be good enough. There's, there's way too many things going on there. And maybe it's the same at Michigan with, with donors and everyone wanting a part of the program. I don't know, but – I would take a long, hard look at Michigan if I was Matt Campbell before I decided to go. Now, money talks, though, Gabe. I, I was about to say, and I think – I remember when Campbell was he, – he was, like, paying for all of those people, like, in the football department and, like, his assistants. He was, like, covering their losses or something this year when they took the cuts for, you know, what everyone called the corona cuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, like, his average – uh, salary was like three and a half million. I mean, if Michigan says, Hey, we'll give you seven. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? We will right. double your salary to do the same job. Yeah. Hard to say. Go no. And either win or get fired, but either way it's a, it's a win. Yeah. Either way you're very rich. Right. So yeah, we'll see. But I think, you know, if he continues to do what he's doing at Iowa State, it's not going to be Michigan or you're stuck at Iowa State for the rest of eternity. You know, there's going to be other options that show up. Yeah, he just, you know, being an Ohio guy, right? I mean, kind of a perfect fit for Michigan because he's, you know, he's a high-character guy, and then he can recruit Ohio because he's an Ohio guy. I mean, that's exactly what you want if you're Michigan, but – It makes too much sense, which means Michigan won't do it.
So another interesting game this weekend, and I can't believe we're going to talk about this game. Uh, I would have told you you were crazy if we were going to talk about what Arkansas did, was doing at any point this season, but here we are, <laughs> Teddy. Uh, Arkansas went to the swamp and got stomped by number six Florida. Uh, final score 63-35, but I, I think we both agree Arkansas is headed in the right direction, but the big takeaway from this game is Florida's offense, they just might be the best in the country. Man, I mean, Kyle Trask. Yeah, they're getting better, and they did all of that. They put 63 on the board pretty effortlessly against a decent defense without Kyle Pitts. I mean, and Kyle Trask was spreading it around. I guess the only negative in this game for Florida is they gave up some big explosive touchdown plays on defense. But, Teddy, I, I, I want to say something. I want to see how crazy you think I am. So I'm just going to say it, and I want to okay. get your reaction. Kyle Trask is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Hmm. It's not crazy. It would have been crazy uh, eight days ago, nine days ago, but it's not crazy right now. I mean, who? And I, I do think you know Mac Jones. If Bama would have played this weekend, if they would have had that LSU game, that would have been he would have put up huge stats. But I mean, they may not even get to play that game, so Mac Jones doesn't get that. You look at you know a guy like Zach Wilson from BYU, sure, still putting up big numbers, but you look at who they played. I mean, that has to be factored in. And let me explain why I think Kyle Trask is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. And the only piece of evidence I'm going to bring is a tweet from Bill Conley, who is a numbers nerd for ESPN. Everyone knows who Bill Conley is, but he put this out there. Trask, in his first six games this season, 2,171 yards, 28 touchdowns, three interceptions, 93.9 total QBR. Joe Burrow, in his first six games last season, 2,157 yards, 25 touchdowns, three interceptions, 93.1 total QBR. Kyle Trask is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. I'm telling you right now, he is. He should be, and if he's not, I don't know who, and I guess some people could say Justin Fields, but... Justin Fields hasn't played any games. Yeah. He's probably the best player, but and I, Trevor Lawrence is probably out of it because of the Rona. But Kyle Trask is putting up the biggest numbers against an all-SEC schedule, which I know we all roll our eyes at that, but that is not easy. It's true. Um, it's true. It's hard to refute. I will say this. Your boy, Zach Wilson at BYU, similar numbers. Um, he's completing 75% of his passes, 2,500 yards, which is – he's about 380 yards more than Trask, 22 touchdowns to two interceptions. So he doesn't have the 28, but um, – I mean, he's right there in the same conversation. But the big kicker there – the schedule it's just not the same schedule as what Kyle Trask 
is going to have to go through and already has. Now they have taken that loss to A&M, which, you know, it's not the end of the world for him because that's the one thing about Joe Burrows. He was undefeated through his six games. So I don't know if you factor that in, um, but no, you're right. He's, he's right there. He's right there in the hunt with, with everyone. And I'm and right now. I'm just looking at his numbers against A&M in, in that loss. Uh, 23 of 32 for three, 12, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, they lost that game because they were missing a bunch of guys on their defense. Now their defense yeah. isn't great, but they had some Rona issues for that game. So I, I just think the kid's playing really well. And a lot of people are calling him right. This year's Joe Burrow. And, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he's playing really damn good football. And yeah. there is no denying that. There just isn't. So um, it, would, it was another really good performance. By Trask. All right, another interesting game with some local flavor. Ted, number 19 SMU. Crazy. Gets taken down by the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Tulsa wins 28-24 in quite the comeback, and it did not look good early for Tulsa in this football game. You know, Zach Smith was turning the football over. They went down 21-0, but Tulsa held Shane Bouchel and the Ponies offense scoreless in the second half and came all the way back. And I, <laughs> to Shane Bouchel's defense, Zayvon Collins was wide open on that last play of the game. Threw it right to him. That was one of the most bizarre interceptions <laughs> I've seen from a quarterback that's been playing some pretty good football. I, I don't know what happened there, but that was a big win for Tulsa and when you look at it, they're in a really good spot now to play in their conference championship game. And also, they are now ranked in the AP poll, the number 25 Tulsa Golden Hurricane. They are ranked in the AP poll for the first time since 2010. Let's go, Tulsa. We see you, boys. Um, I love it. I love the fact that uh, Tulsa's playing good football. And... <sighs> Offensively, defensively, they've got some good playmakers there. Should have beaten Oklahoma State. If we're talking about Tulsa beating Oklahoma State and they're 5-0 and right now with the win over OSU, where do you think they're ranked? Ooh, I mean, that's a really good question. I would think, would they be ranked ahead of OU? I think they would. No. I mean, they'd probably be where Oklahoma State is, right? 14 or so? Well, I mean, let's just say they played their full schedule and beat Oklahoma State because I think they'd win those other games with what we know about them. But, I mean, they would, they would probably be in the 15 range with, like, Marshall, Coastal Carolina. I right? think they'd be ranked ahead of Marshall, probably. And maybe ranked ahead of Coastal Carolina with a win over Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, a win over Oklahoma State's a lot better than Coastal Carolina's yeah. win over Kansas. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I bet they'd, they'd probably be in the top 15. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yep, and as I look at the top 25, I could be wrong, but I also think that the state of Oklahoma is the only state in the union with three 
schools ranked in the top 25? I do not know that for sure, but it would seem to check out, right? Because Texas has Texas and Texas A&M only, correct? Correct. Florida has Florida and Miami only. Well, look at that. Uh, and then what? South Carolina is – Coastal Carolina is in South Carolina, right? Uh, so they have Coastal Carolina and Clemson. And Clemson. Yep. Alabama has Alabama and Auburn. Ohio's got Ohio State and Cincinnati. Yep. Look at uh, Oklahoma. California only has USC. I think and so, man. I think so. Let's go. That's pretty cool. Ooh, Indiana has two. How about that? Indiana has two in the top ten. Notre Dame and Indiana. Look at that. Don't care. They don't have three. <laughs> That's Nerds. right. Jumps. Yeah. No, but that was that was really cool seeing Tulsa come back come back like that. I I almost turned that game off. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. Twenty one nothing. And I was just like, oh, come on. And then they just kept chipping, chipping away. And played a really good second half. That was, that was fun to watch. Some other notable games. Ian Book looked really good. And number two, Notre Dame had an impressive 35, or excuse me, 45 31 win on the road against Boston College in a classic letdown scenario. And they looked good. And number 10, Indiana won easily over Michigan State to remain undefeated and to set up a Big-time top-10 matchup between them and Ohio State this weekend. That's going to be awesome, man. That's, Never what, what, would have thought. Never would have thought. And look at Indiana. They, they got, you know, served up to the Wolves by the Big Ten uh, scheduling committee. However, they put that together. Little did they know that Indiana was going to burn through everyone. And Ohio State got to be sweating it just a little bit. That's uh, it, it reminds me of something my high school football coach, Kenny Young, used to say. Ohio State's a better team. We know that. But when we were rolling at McGinnis, he would – every time we'd be playing some team that – you know, we'd be playing Northwest class, and, and we are like, okay, we're going to score like 60 points in the first half on this team. And the first thing you'd say, you'd be like, boys, they're better than I want them to be. Better than I want them to be every time. And I'm sure that's what Ryan Day is saying. Like, dang it. I mean, Indiana, they're, they're a little better than I want them to be. But that's right. I, I'm not worried for Ohio State in that game. We'll preview that on uh, Thursday's episode. But also out in the Pac-12, number 11, Oregon, won 43-29 on the road against Washington State. I, I'm not really sure how good Oregon is this season. Uh, they had a ton of guys opt out. But uh, I know one thing, C.J. Verdell is a damn good running back. I like watching that kid play. And then also Pac-12, number 20 USC, continues to live life on the edge. Uh, Keaton Slovis put together a game-winning two-minute drive to beat Arizona. They win 34-30. to And I don't know what's up with Slovis. He doesn't look – I mean, he's throwing the ball. I don't I, – I, I don't know if weird is the right <laughs> word, but it's just like it looks funky to me. He, he doesn't look like the same guy is last year. I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's like his arm or what, but it, it's, it's a little odd. And then number nine, Miami was barely able to play the game 
against Virginia Tech because they had so many guys out with coronavirus, uh, with the contact tracing, and all that, all that stuff. But they did just enough to beat Virginia Tech 25 to 24. And I'm pretty glad they did it because uh, Teddy were they on two Friday. they a half-point dog or something? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Were, uh, they were a dog. Uh, some people, you could get them. I, I believe Virginia Tech was favored by two, two and a half some places. And I'm pretty, pretty glad that Miami won this game because Friday on my SiriusXM show, I said that the Vegas nerds knew nothing about this game and Miami would win outright. And, you know, I was sweating it a little bit. I was sweating it a little bit, but thank you, Derek King. I appreciate you, sir. You. Uh, Look at you, a new sharp in OKC. How about that? I was, I was, you know, I was just saying, I was like this, I know it was a stinky line, but I was like, I, I, I know what my eyes see. Now, I didn't know that many players from Miami weren't going to play in the game. Vegas knew that, I'm guessing. But still, do Miami you have wins. A, do you have a number for a voicemail that people can call and get the picks that you really like? Oh yeah, the odds makers are really wrong. You have here's one of those a here's numbers? a one eight hundred number for you, people. One eight hundred can't lose, or just something like that. But uh, any, do you see anything else this weekend caught your eye, Teddy? I mean, uh, most that's you nailed most of it. I thought Notre Dame looked good. I thought Ian Book looked really good. Um, you know, and Indiana man, I know it was it was a. Um, you know, not your, not not the best opponent for them down from what we thought maybe they were going to be starting the season off. But, dude, I think they're legit. I like Penix at quarterback. They've got some skill position guys. I think their defense is is probably the weak spot of that team. But even defensively, they're playing well right now. And a football, you, it's shocking how a team changes whenever they start to get confidence. And yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Indiana is going to win a national championship. I'm not going to do that. But I've been doing those flashbacks this year for the 2000, because 20-year reunion or anniversary, whatever you want to call it, for the 2000 national championship team. And we're doing those flashbacks. And the first couple of games of the year, that did not look like a national championship team. But as they started clipping off wins against big opponents, like it's like the entire team changed. Like, oh, like every game there's a change, and the next time out they look completely different. So um, you all of a sudden start to get some confidence. Everyone buys into what's happening, and you can look like a really good football team, and it seems like a little bit of that's going on with Indiana right now. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I think they're going to get stomped by Ohio State in the second half, but – if if Tom Allen's got that program where I think he's got it, I, I think that first half it's going to be a little interesting, and people are going to go, "Look at you, Indiana!" And right. then the talent and depth are going to take over in that second half, and you're going to be like, "Oh, they lost by four touchdowns! Damn!" But you're what happened? Like, I just went to get some nachos. <laughs> yeah, and, but but that first half you're going to be like, you know what? Indiana's got some fight to them. Okay, a few pieces of college football news before before we move on to our segments. Uh, the Heisman Trophy will be awarded in a virtual ceremony on January 5th. The voting deadline is December 21st, and finalists will be announced on Christmas Eve in a 30-minute special on ESPN. So the coronavirus continues to ruin 
all the great things in sports. And I feel bad for the kids that they won't get that, you know, wine them and dine them experience there in New York city. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else they could do. Um, Arizona state Colorado is already canceled because uh, I guess the best way to put it is Rona is currently kicking the shit out of Arizona state's team. <laughs> head coach included so yeah that game is already canceled another cancellation ohio and miami of ohio they were supposed to play some tuesday night maction and we have been robbed of that uh that is also canceled coronavirus of course it continues to be the worst and then how about this it it seemed like it was only a matter of time but south carolina has fired will muschamp I know that they came out and said that they have parted ways. That is not a thing. Parting ways is not a thing. They fired him. I don't know why people say parted ways. No need to sugarcoat it. He got fired. It's fine. But Hugh Freeze is a name that a lot of people keep coming up with uh, because of what he's doing at Liberty, and he's got that team playing some good football. But if I were them, my first call would be, Neil Brown, West Virginia. I'd, I'd want to see if he was interested in coming and coaching the SEC. I think he would be? I don't think so. I, I think he likes what he's doing there at West Virginia. I think he wants to see what he can build there. And frankly, I think if he builds West Virginia the way I think he's going to, where they're, they're competing here in a couple of years for you know birth in the Big 12 championship game, he can get a better job than that. I think he can. I mean, why would you want to go to South Carolina? That's what I was going to say. I mean, that They is... should call him. I think Neil Brown should say no. I want to make that right. clear. Now, I, I think I've made it clear on this podcast. I love Neil Brown. Yeah, I do. I think he's done a great job. I mean, the turnaround West Virginia's had, they just, in, in how difficult of a year this has been for everyone, that team has made some serious strides. Um, like South Carolina. It's a it's a it's a job that has gotten some big names, but over its history, it's not a good program. It's not a, it's not a, a a place that wins a lot of football games. And you're gonna if you look at that job realistically, you're gonna be moving into the SEC, and you're about to be catching Florida at the best they've been in a long time. Georgia is the best that they've been in a long time. Tennessee looks like they're starting to make some some moves to being a, a better football team again under Pruitt. I mean, it's not – I mean, there was a time not very long ago where the SEC East was ripe for the taking. I mean, Missouri was going to the SEC championship game. Okay, that's how yeah, bad the SEC East was. Yeah, remember when that happened? That was yeah. weird. So, they did, did they go two years in a row or something like – I mean – that's how bad the SEC East was for a while. That ain't the case right now. It's really good, and that's what you're going to be going into. So, I don't know. I mean, they'll probably get a decent name, but that's another job that I would, you know, think long and hard about. My, my uh, kind of out-of-nowhere pick for that job, and once again, South Carolina – they're paying this guy, what, like $13.5 million during all the coronavirus stuff to go away. So, I mean, right. they got money. 
Um, and I, I think this guy will be a head coach soon. Uh, maybe South Carolina is too big of a program to start, but Tommy Reese, offense coordinator for Notre Dame, he's my age. Hmm. I think that guy's going to be a head coach soon. Yeah. I really do. Do you, and, you think there's any chance that uh, Spurrier's calling Coach Stoops? Hey, Bobby, yeah, go look at that South Carolina job, man. It's a great place. Did no? you just do that just to do your Spurrier impression? <laughs> it's a bad Spurrier impression. It's but you not get the it. worst I've ever heard. You get it. But that's a place that a lot of co- old, older coaches that have done good things ended up going for whatever reason. Could you imagine Bob being in the SEC? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> would no. be hilarious. No. Um, here's the <laughs> – here's the, like, Muschamp, they've parted ways. Muschamp is probably, aside from Lane, early Lane Kiffin, he's probably the best I've ever seen at failing up. You know, he – it's – He's never really accomplished anything, but he's landed a bunch of really, really good, high-paying jobs. So he'll probably get, like, the Michigan job or something next. Well, I mean, once upon a time, he was a pretty good defensive coordinator, right? I mean, one year at Texas, and that was it, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the guy, he's just living right, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) He must be the best interview ever. I guarantee he is. He's supposed to be. I, I know he. A lot of people see kind of the screaming version of him. He's supposed to be a fun time. Like he's yeah. supposed to be a, a guy that you would want to drink multiple beverages with. It's kind of like that. Did you see that? Um, I don't even remember what he was doing, but it was like a message to the fans, and he was joking around on the take. It was dropping some f bombs on there, and it got somehow it got released. I don't. I don't. Even, wasn't very long ago, but that was pretty funny. You could Love you it. could tell that he was a he's he's a guy that's pretty funny and fun to be around. Yeah, we'll we'll see who gets that job. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's a good program. It's a great place to recruit. Like you mentioned, they're in the East. It's not the SEC been West. Some, I'm, been some good players come through there for sure. And when they rock those black jersey, those black jerseys are pretty badass. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. All right, Ted, let's move on to our segments, and let's start with our winners and losers of the weekend. And Teddy's winners and losers are brought to you by Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. Their licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get onto the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. All right, Teddy, who do you have as your winner of the weekend? I'm going with the NFL. And the reason for me is what we've seen with these young quarterbacks, like the state of the NFL right now is fantastic. Clearly, you've got your, your older quarterbacks. Uh, Brady is having a good season. Breeze, I know he just went down, but uh, yeah, that was weird. He was like, all of a sudden, he took some big shots in that game, and all of a sudden, it was Jameis time, right? Which he got him through the football game, but look out, baby, here comes those picks. Um, dude, but, he, he got LASIK eye surgery, he can see now, he'll be fine. That's a good place to start. It's like, um, uh, 
major league whenever they put the uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen in the glasses. Right? Yeah. Um, but the young quarterbacks, man, we just watched Josh Allen and Kyler go back and forth. What um, a great ending to those to that game. Right. I mean, two quarterbacks, young guys out there whipping it up and down the field. Obviously, Mahomes, uh, who's having another crazy good year, 25 touchdowns, just one interception. Uh, Joe Burrow, while he's getting his ass kicked uh, behind that offensive line at Cincinnati, I think that it's pretty unanimous uh, opinion out there that he's going to be really good in the NFL once they build that team around him. Don't look now, but Tua is 2-0. and Five touchdowns, no interceptions right now for Tua and, and the Dolphins, what, four or five straight uh, wins there. I just think the NFL is in such a great position for the young talent to just start to take over for the older talent. And let's face it, these young quarterbacks are showing up more ready to play in the NFL than they ever have. And that it, there's a lot of these guys that can play year one right out of the gate. And I think that says a lot about the talent level at quarterback right now in both college and NFL. Yeah, and one of the big complaints, right, when, for some people is that there's not good enough quarterback play for every team in the league. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Like, some guys are really, really good and some guys aren't as good. That's, that's how professional sports work. But it does seem like we're seeing more high-level quarterbacks this year and I, I think you're dead on today I think it has a lot to do with what we're seeing from those really young players I mean think about it it's just more fun to watch too for the longest time we had like the same eight or nine quarterbacks in the in the league like Rivers Eli Manning uh like Roethlisberger I mean most of those guys that was like the draft class I was in and they, were, they just hung around forever. Brady, Peyton, it was the same names. And you'd have a first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick come in, play two years, and be right out the door. And I think there's been more hits in the first round at quarterback in the last, like, three or four years than the previous ten. It's been, it's been really impressive. Yeah, and I don't even know. Did we mention Justin Herbert? No, I didn't mention him. That he guy. Looks, he, he may look the best out of all of them. He, he looks great. He looks even, – even Daniel Jones played well on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> they got the, got the nice win. So, yeah, I mean, it's – I think the state of the league at quarterback is in a really good position right now. And not only are they good young talents that – you've got superstar-type players, right, that can take over some of those those big roles of guys that are – the ambassador for the NFL, like guys like Kyler and Burrow and Mahomes, obviously. So, no, I think they're in good position. Yeah, completely agree. All right, who do you have, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? <laughs> DeShambo, right? I mean, dude, you nailed it. You you nailed it. The prediction I mean, you said you said it was going to be too much for him. Here we go. I mean, he, everyone coming into this thing is. Bryson DeChambeau going to ruin the Masters tournament as we know it. And, like, he's going to go out there and shoot some ungodly number. I thought this was the best thing that I saw all week. He finished two shots behind 
his playing partner on Sunday, Bernhard Longer, who is 63 years old. <laughs> I, I saw something where uh, Bernhard Longer has competed at the Masters against a guy that was born in 1902 and a guy that was born in 2002, 100 years apart. And DeChambeau, the guy that was going to destroy this course, was two shots behind him. I loved it. That was fantastic. The, I forget, what did he say when they couldn't find his ball? He was like, wait, so because we can't find it, the ball is lost. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> is that a lost ball? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Beefy Bryson. That's how, how mad do you think he was? Like, he's put all this weight on, right? To beef up so he can hit the ball longer, you know, use the longer driver, all that stuff. And then, a lean dude like Dustin Johnson goes out there and shoots 20 under. And he's probably just I like, know. Uh, huh. and it does, it's not like Dustin Johnson doesn't hit it far. I mean, he bombs it too. So I, I don't know, but that was funny. Whenever he hit it into that, that area, he's like, he was trying to convince the rules official that he should get a drop for ground under repair. I was like, wait a sec, ground under repair. If that is under repair, then I don't know what the rest of the world is because that's like the most beautiful uh, grass I've ever seen. That was pretty funny. So that's my loser, Bryson. Yeah. Um, just one thing on Dustin Johnson. Did, did you see the, like, after the ceremony, the interview? Or that, that I saw lady, some of it. Did you see the lady asking? It was a great question, the way she framed it. She was like, how do you think younger you – would have responded if you were to tell him that Tiger Woods was going to put the green jacket on you. And dude, he just like, he, he couldn't, he, he just started crying. It was, I, it was one of those moments that where you're like, pretty dude, cool. I didn't see that part. That is, that is pretty cool. I, I'll send it to you. But it, it was one of those where you're like, dude, sports, the best. I mean, just the best. I mean, I like he literally, were... he had to gather himself like three or four times. He was just like, <sighs> it, it was, it was really cool. I, are you shocked that he didn't say an all nighter? And, and then he me? said, and then all of a sudden <laughs> he started crying and he went, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's, that's awesome. I think he's a, I, I like his demeanor when he's out there. He looks like he, could not be less interested in playing in the Masters whenever he walks around out there. He just kind of like walks around in this super slow pace. I mean, it's I don't know. He's he's a hell of a player. It, I feel like his beard has gotten a little longer, and it looks good. Looks good on him. Oh, DJ, yeah. keep keep the beard that length. Looks nice. All right, Teddy. My winners and losers are brought to you by Sound Advice. A lot of us are watching our favorite football teams from home this year, which is why you need to get ready for game day with a home theater system from our friends at Sound Advice. Sound Advice can customize your home entertainment system indoors or outdoors. Sound Advice did the Wi-Fi network and all the audio visual at my new house, and it is awesome. They hide all the wires in the cable boxes so it looks great, and I can control every TV in my house from my phone or my iPad and my internet when my internet company has it working, has oh. been flawless for the best home theater systems in the Oklahoma City area. Call Sound Advice at 405-549-3880 or visit soundadviceokc.com. All right, Ted, my winner of the weekend. Uh, I thought about going with Tiger Woods, and 
it's not because he won the Masters. Uh, this just in, he didn't. But just when you think a guy can't be any more loved by golf fans, he has one of the most relatable moments ever to anyone that has ever golfed when he put it into the water three times on the 12th and made a 10. He made a 10. <laughs> Arguably, and I, in my opinion, the best golfer ever shot a 10 on a par three. And I was like, you know what, Tiger? You're a man of the people, bud. This is why we love you. You're just like us. Do you think anyone in the playing group, you know, because whenever you're out with buddies and you have one of those blow-up holes, usually the guy on the scorecard says, we'll give you a six there. <laughs> No, no, no. Max, Max scores triple bogey, right? Have yeah. you ever played with guys? Hey, Max scores triple bogey. Yep, Max scores triple bogey. That's great, yeah. A 10. <laughs> no, but that it, Tiger was not my winner of the weekend, but I, I thought that that was so hilarious, but also like so relatable for anyone that has ever golfed. But my winner of the weekend, New York Strip Clubs. Ooh. Let me explain. Okay. Uh, because uh, there may be big profits for the New York strip clubs around the corner because Woj, Ramona Shelburne, and Zach Lowe came out with an article that the Brooklyn Nets would be at the top of James Harden's list of places he wants to be traded if he moves on from the Rockets organization. Now, I'm not even sure that that trade is even feasible from a players and picks standpoint, but I won't lie. I love the idea of Harden, Durant, and Kyrie playing together with Steve Nash as the head coach. That would lead to some really fun basketball, and I can only imagine how much drama that would create and how entertaining the implosion would be, the inevitable implosion of a team with those three guys on it. Please, Basketball gods, please give us that. But, Teddy, can you imagine James Harden, New York City? I, I got a feeling that he'd be making it rain in the yeah. establishments, and he's already a legend of the establishments. I know, and, you know, I knew this. Whenever I saw James Harden show up to the bubble with a back-the-blue um, – pull-up thing you know what is it called the oh uh, yeah the, net the gator. gator when i saw him with the back to blue net gator i thought oh that's interesting he said oh i just thought it looked cool but look at this james harden a true conservative a believer in reaganomics trickle down economics gabe <laughs> that's what james harden is a true believer in you take the money, the high net worth individuals, and you spread it around, right? It just it works its way down. That's what he's doing. That's all he's doing. She's working her way principle. through dental school, Teddy. Exactly. She needs it. Exactly. No, but uh, I, I, I made the strip clubs in New York the winner of the weekend because that is kind of an intriguing <laughs> trade scenario. We'll see if anything comes of that. The, the new Rockets GM said, uh, no, we're, uh, we're going to run it back, but We'll see. I mean, if he forces his way out, we've, we've seen NBA players do it. I mean, it is, it is the new thing. It can happen. And I, for one, would like to see 
those guys play basketball together, and I would love to see the dysfunction that would inevitably arrive. Oh, there's no doubt. You're right, though. The only people that know the NBA schedule better than sports talk radio people are strippers. <laughs> in, in every city that has an NBA team. All right, girls, uh, Houston Rockets are in town. Get ready. James Harden coming to town. Yeah. Buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up. Let's go. Buckle up. The beard is on his way. (laughs) All right, Teddy, my loser of the weekend. Now, I thought about going with the people that bet on the Browns and had them at, you know, minus three and a half because Nick Chubb. Did you see this? No, I missed this. I saw that you tweeted about it, but I didn't see it. Okay, so the Browns are up three, 10 to seven. Nick Chubb, he bounces a run, goes down the sideline, untouched, going to run in for a touchdown, and instead of scoring the touchdown, runs out of bounds at the one-yard line. Remember, they were up three. A lot of people had the Browns. How much time was left? I, I mean, a little bit. Not a t- but like they ended up taking a knee, but – was it, it wasn't like there the was like don't score thing that that's what he said after the game was that the coaches had told Baker Baker had told him, Hey, like get the first down and then get down. And I guess he didn't remember till like the last 10 yards because it was a long run. Like he was running down the sideline and then right at the last second, just veers out of bounds. He's like, and, I'm going to stack as many yards onto this thing as I possibly can. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's why they call it gambling. I was like, oh, my God. It was hilarious. But um, my loser of the weekend, beers in the state of Wisconsin. Oof. Because Wisconsinites, Wisconsinians, Wisconsinites, Wisconsinites sounds right, right? Uh, Wisconsinites. Wisconsinites, Wisconsinians, Wisconsinites. It's got to be Wisconsinites. Wisconsinites. Ooh. Wisconsinites. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I know, but they had a good old weekend. I'm sure lots of beers died a noble death celebrating the Badgers' embarrassment of the Wolverines. But then the Packers win. Now, maybe a little closer than people thought it was going to be, but still a nice win anytime you win. Good thing in the NFL. But then it comes out that the Packers signed David Bakhtiari, noted chugger of beers, to a four-year contract extension worth up to $105.5 million. If you guys don't know who David Bakhtiari is, he is their left tackle. He is an offensive lineman that just got a $30 million signing bonus Teddy, now this guy, he is the best pass-proing left tackle in all of football. I think he is the best pass-pro. Now, I don't think he's the best all-around left tackle in football, but he protects Aaron Rodgers really, really well and has earned this money. Can you imagine how many beers David Bakhtiari and that Packers group is consuming tonight because that is a fat new contract. I mean, it's, it's the most money that's ever been given to an offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. And that, that's going to keep happening, right? That's how yeah. things work. But that is a fat contract for Bakhtiari. Holy shit. 
Well deserved. I mean, I'd be a little worried. How old is he? I don't know. That's a he's really good. Hurt. I mean, he's like his biggest problem to me is that he's hurt a ton. He's been banged up. He's quite a he's bit. my age, I think. Like he's, he's only like he thirty. You sure? Oh, correction. He is twenty nine. Really? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he I was guess in I'm, my he was in my draft. He was in the two thousand thirteen okay. draft. I guess a four year extension isn't super long. But um, that's the one thing that worries me about him is injury. Man, he's 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 missed quite a few games, but that's what they need. They need a every team wants a guy like that for sure. So, and yes, he will spend roughly I would say ten percent of that contract on beers. More trickle down economics here, uh, Gabe. Good You're stuff. Damn right. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's only twenty nine and. A, a reminder to people that may not understand this, a lot of offensive linemen don't really hit their prime till early 30s because it is a thing. It, it, it really is a thing. That's when you start getting your old man strength. Yep. Like it, it's true. That's, that's how it works for a lot old of Old man guys. strength, um, experience. You know, you, you've seen everything. It takes a while to – to see everyone, to, to get a good book on all the different guys that you're going to see and un, you know, like a good understanding of, of, of all the concepts and techniques and all that stuff. And, yeah, I mean, it's different than like a wide receiver or some of the other like speed-oriented positions, you know, because people do not get faster as they get older. That does not happen. They get slower. But people do get stronger as they get older. So yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, you you don't see a bunch of O lines in the NFL with a bunch of you know first and second year players. It just doesn't work that way. So, yeah. congratulations, David Bakhtiari. That is off. That is that is really awesome. And I hope you enjoy your beer, sir. <laughs> I hope you do. All right, Ted. Let's move on and let's wet the beak. Wet the beak is brought to you by Tim Hughes Custom Homes. Are you looking to build your dream home? If so, Tim Hughes is the man you're looking for. Tim Hughes Custom Homes is a one-stop shop for all your home building needs. He can find you a lot. He can find you an architect. He'll find you financing. And of course, he can build your dream home exactly the way you want it. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, Tim found my wife and me a lot. He found us an architect and built our new house. Tim and his team were so easy to work with. He is still helping us when we have questions about things around the house. He's also built several office buildings. So if your business is looking to build a custom office, Tim Hughes is your man. You can see Tim's custom builds throughout Gallardia, Nichols Hills, Oak Tree, Stone Mill, and Rose Creek. It is a great time to build the house of your dreams. For more information and to see Tim's spectacular work, visit his Instagram page at Tim Hughes Custom Homes or visit TimHughesCustomHomes.com. Monday night football. The three and I don't know why I say it like, why do I say it like that? I don't know. That's not a thing. Why am I trying to make that a thing? Monday night foot like I sound like a complete dumbass. Was that what like, am I doing? Is, is it a is that like the original Monday night football? I don't know. Is that well, did I Walter hope so. Cronkite do the original this, Monday night football? This is I feel like something that is like deep in my psyche that I need to unlock like the origins of. I need a therapist to help me. <laughs> Does anyone have a good psychiatrist they can point me in the direction of who I can find out the deep reasons why I say it like that? 
That's funny. I don't know, but I'm going to say it again. Monday night football. <laughs> the three and five Minnesota Vikings travel to take on the five and four Chicago Bears. The Bears have lost three straight, and the Vikings have beat the Packers and the Lions in their last two, kind of coming in on a roll in this game. And now it's certainly not the sexiest matchup, but there are three things, Ted, in my opinion that make this game worth watching. Number one, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. In his last Jeez. two games, what, uh, 369, nice, rushing yards, 109 receiving yards, and six touchdowns in his last two games. Just putting up ridiculous numbers. And it'll He's be putting fun. up like Christian McCaffrey-type numbers if Christian McCaffrey ever played a football game, right? You okay, man? Yeah. I'm, I'm Okay. I wonder if Teddy Bridgewater, did you see him get hurt? Knee? I hope he's okay. I, I saw that he got hurt. I did not see the injury. Didn't look great, but uh, we'll see. It's always like, hey, we'll see what the MRI is. But uh, that guy's gone through a lot. I just want him to be okay. Okay, but so number one reason to watch this game, Dalvin Cook, he's putting up incredible numbers. And the Bears run defense is solid, right? Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. We'll see if Rokon Smith goes in this game. OU fans would remember that name, right? The former Great George player. Bulldog. He's a, he's a pretty solid young player for them when he's healthy. But it, it'll be interesting to see what Dalvin Cook gets done in this football game. Number two reason to watch. Will Kirk Cousins shit his pants in primetime? Because I, I think some people, you know, they, they think that people blow this out of proportion. He is a remarkable Oh and nine on Monday Night Football, Teddy. That's oh and nine. So he is he is playing well coming into this one. The Bears are struggling. The Vikings are rolling a little bit, right? The Jefferson kid he's turned into a really good wide receiver for them already, and I can't wait to see what Kirk Cousins does. He's a dork, but he's playing some good ball coming into this game. So we'll see. And then. The number three reason to watch this football game. You know, when the Bears are playing, there will be funny tweets about Nick Foles and his big hog during the game. <laughs> so that is always fun, and you can follow along. And when something happens, somebody will have a great tweet about it. So it's always fun watching the Bears when Nick Foles and that a big appendage are out there on the field. So you can guarantee that will bring some entertainment to your night. What, you thought I was going to talk about the Bears without talking about Nick Foles? Come on, man. Uh, uh, you caught me sleeping again. I should have known. I should have known it was coming. Um, I think Kirk Cousins, that's crazy, though. 0-9, that's amazing. Just give the ball to Dalvin Cook and stay out of the way. Mean. But the Bears defense, I mean, the Bears defense is really good. They're, yeah, they uh, they're, they're struggling so much. They've lost three in a row. Remember, they started five and one. Oh, no. And they've lost three in a row. And it's because of their offense, they, they can't do shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've had, they've had guys banged up on the offensive line. That doesn't help anything. And David Montgomery's going to be out in this game, concussion. So he's not even going to play. So I, I just don't think tough. the Bears. Yeah. If you can't score points, it's going to be difficult to win games. Um, I know their defense is fantastic, but it could be a mistake going against the trend with Kirk Cousins. But if I had to take a side on this one, I'd lay the three. Mm. Yeah. Take Vikings. I'm with you. 
I, I think that's the smart play. I, I really do, right? Because, yeah, Vikings currently a three-point favorite, and you look at what the Bears have offensively. Nick Foles not playing well. They've got a banged-up offensive line. They've had to shuffle some pieces around. David Montgomery, their best running back, isn't playing oh. in this football game. Allen Robinson dealing with a knee. He's questionable. Sounds like he's going to play, but how effective will he be? Like, I just don't think the and I know the Vikings, I mean, their defense is what it is, but I just don't think they're going to produce offensively. And I guess Matt Nagy, he's giving up play calling. I mean, he's letting the offensive coordinator actually call the plays in this one. We'll, Here, we'll see how that play. goes. Here, you take the card. You, you call this crap. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man, but I, I'm with you. I'm, if, if I was putting money on this game, it's, it's on the Vikings. They're, they seem to be playing pretty good football coming in, and the Bears are on the struggle bus, man. Yeah, I mean, don't feel great about it. I think it'll be a good tight football game like most all of them are. Why the would NFL. you not feel good about betting on Kirk Cousins to win a game on Monday Night Football? Like, why would you feel that's, bad about that? That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, 0-9, that's amazing. I mean, it's not like there's no way all nine of those games, like they've been underdogs and going up against some crazy football. I mean, come on. 0-9? In the NFL, it's almost impossible to have some type of losing streak like that from a guy that's played on some decent football teams. Give me the Vikes, though. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Teddy, let's finish up with everyone's favorite segment, and that's Keeping It Local, where we highlight what's going on in the great state of Oklahoma. It's brought to you by Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. As schools are reopening in the fall, parents wanted to provide the best possible educational experience and spiritual development for their children. There's no place Better for that than Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. A one-to-one iPad setting makes McGinnis students fully prepared to continue high-level learning from home. A 12-to-1 student-to-teacher ratio guarantees no student is overlooked. In addition to athletic programs and clubs, Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. Financial aid is available. For more information, visit bmchs.org. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are trading Dennis Schroeder. Teddy, according to Woj, the deal can't be agreed upon until Monday afternoon when the moratorium is lifted, and it will be finalized after the NBA draft on Wednesday. The Los Angeles Lakers will be sending the player that they select with the 28th pick on Wednesday and Danny Green to the Thunder for Dennis Schroeder. I will miss Dennis Schroeder, but a reminder that the Thunder also have the 25th pick during Wednesday night's draft. Uh, Also, highly unlikely that Danny Green ever plays for the Thunder. Uh, I would assume they're going to ship him somewhere else, uh, get another team involved, or at least that's what the reports make it sound like. But definitely going to miss Schroeder. Loved the way that he competed. Uh, I don't know if this is the best word for it, but loved how sassy he was on the court. It's just a, just a sassy guy. And he, he played some really good basketball for the Thunder. And he finished, what, second in the sixth man of the year voting this year, which was a whole crock of shit. Should have won. I mean, he, he was the most valuable sixth man in the NBA, in my opinion. And the Lakers are going to be really good next year. I mean, they add him, and damn. But, Ted, the, the rebuild – 
appears to officially be underway. And I don't think this is the last move we're going to see from Sam Presti, but it's probably time we prepare ourselves for a rough year. Settle in, folks. It's going to be, well, I hope it's a rough year. My gut tells me it's going to be. to be. (laughs) Right. My gut tells me it's going to be a rough three years or so. Mm. And hopefully there's some really good talent coming up that they're able to cash in on and, and really hit on some of these picks because good players aren't good enough in this league. You have to have superstars if you're going to try and win a championship. So uh, it's going to be tough. There's going to be more to come. Youth, is, is there anybody that you think on this roster right now that is immune or is everyone up? Adams up? I mean. I, yeah, I think, I think Adams is definitely tradable. Uh, Ferguson, tradable. Clearly Chris Paul. You, you got to deal him. I mean, until, he's, until he gets traded, uh, the rebuild has not begun, right? With that I just, con- I don't, I mean, I honestly don't know. I guess there's someone out there that may want him. What they said, there was some rumor about maybe the Clippers or Phoenix possibly uh, for Chris Paul, but his contract is so horrible, horrible that it makes, that's so much to swallow for a team. Because what he's got two or three more years at forty million, Whew. it's a lot of cheese. It's a lot, but yeah, I, I I guess if you're, I guess the untouchables in your mind is Shea Gilgis Alexander untouchable for the Thunder? Should be. I mean, is he a number one guy, like a a guy that you can build a team around? Because I, I will say this. I thought he was headed that direction. And the playoffs scared me a little bit. His, his lack of effectiveness in the playoffs, his inability to get downhill, his inability to adjust to the physicality of playoff basketball, it was pretty alarming for me. That's his first, that's his first I know, go-around, though. I, I know it was, but... I mean, we saw what Donovan Mitchell did to the Thunder as a rookie. That's true. I, I'm just saying, like, when you talk about a number one guy, like an untouchable guy, like. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, what are you going to trade him for? Well, this is the way you look at it. In, in my mind, this is how I look at it. Are you willing, is Shea Gilgis Alexander a max contract player? Because that, when you talk about a number one guy, it's got to be a max contract guy. Is he a max contract guy? And my answer right now, after watching those playoffs, is eh, I don't know. I guess what I'm like my the only reason I say that he's he's not tradable is because you're not going to be trading him for a max contract guy, right? You're going to be trading him most likely for a expiring contract or picks, something like that. So why I, I just I wouldn't understand why you would trade a later pick that you hit on for an earlier pick that's a mystery, like a toss up, a question. You don't know if it's gonna be a hit or miss. I mean 
I, I just I, – I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't. You're not paying him that much money. You know, I, I, I wouldn't trade him. But maybe they do. Maybe they're, they can get some really good value. I guess you have to look at anything at this point. But, I mean, a guy that can play for the next 10 years for you and be um, – if he is coached well and continues to get better and better – He'd be a he's a potential all star. Yeah. And if he's a potential all star, that he's a max contract guy. Hmm. I mean, I I want to make it clear I don't want them to trade Che Gilgis Alexander. I just like I'm more excited about Lou Dort than I am about Che Gilgis Alexander. Maybe it's because I just don't like skinny basketball players. That could be it. Yeah. That could be the deal. But I, I do want to uh, I used to not, but I've told you the worst pick I ever, worst um, hot take I've ever had since doing sports talk radio is saying there's no way Anthony Davis will be a good NBA player. He's too skinny. Well, <laughs> in your defense, he's not skinny anymore. That's true. That's true. It all went directly to his chest somehow. Yeah. Hey, where's the weight room? <laughs> Um, I, I, I do have to read something that I, I, I just got a DM uh, during as, as we're recording the podcast, and I, I've got to read it to you. Tell you, this comes from Tim. Tim in Tennessee says, Mr. Eichert, I'm a huge fan. Love the hell out of the podcast. You and Teddy are perfect together. Just has a great feel to it. I wanted to ask you to listen to how you do the intro and the commercials. You have a special cadence that isn't serving you well on those. The last word, hold on, hold on. The last word always moves to a high-pitched finish. I think you are awesome and have a fantastic presence over the air. This one habit I don't think is helping your brand, though. Thank you for the show, and good luck moving ahead to bigger and bigger things. (laughs) And my response, I'm sorry you don't like the way I talk. Now, say that it's... For the intro to the show, always ends on a higher. He, he said, um, which it may be true, but he said the last word always moves to a high pitched finish. Like I'm Ron Burgundy. Like, <laughs> does he want me to? What is he? What do you want from me, Tim? What do you want from me? Gosh, oh, man. you know, uh, Tim, Tim. I'm just doing my best, man. So when you listen to this part of the podcast, just know that. You know, I will try. I, I will try my best. I'm sorry that my voice sucks and I suck at reading the ads that I wrote. I, I, I'm sorry, man. Please forgive me and my stupid voice and the stupid way I talk. Please, please, Tim. Well, here's what you got to do. A lot of people, whenever they do stuff like that, and you've talked about this, it's not authentic because they do, chop it up and do it 50 different times to get a perfect we just roll with it, right? I literally just read it. I don't – what do you want from me, Tim? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, I, it, he is just trying to help. So Thank you, Tim. Hey, man, thanks for listening. You know, yeah. and uh, we appreciate the feedback. I will work on my high-pitched problem. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive us. For on that more note, information, visit – BMCHS.org? <laughs> BMCHS.org. 
Well, then why they hired Seltzer? <laughs> like, maybe I'd do it. I'm sure I'd do it. Tim's probably got a great point. I, I don't know, Tim. All right, this shit's over. Episode 60 <laughs> in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Bedlam preview, people. Uh, should be a really good one. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400, and you can hear me from 3 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more